Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. This week on the podcast, I have two special guests. One is repeat. One is brand new. You'll have to keep watching to figure out who they are. We talk all about inviting, and we have a practical next step for you uh, to grow in your knowledge and obedience of reaching across the line. You can take a brand new equip class starting on March 13th. More information is in the show notes. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better by the power of his spirit. Do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to the Little Better Podcast. My name's Daniel, and I'm here with two different faces or voices, depending on if you're watching or listening. I have with me Josh. Say hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's been on the podcast before. You may recognize his voice or face. And then I have a new, brand new, never been on the podcast before. Never before. Uh, yeah, Miss Paige. How are you it's doing, me. Paige? Good. Good. I, uh, both of you share a little bit about uh, what you do here at Northridge, how long you've been on staff or attending Northridge in general. Yeah, so I'm the executive outreach director here at Northridge, been on staff since 2013, but I attended Northridge for five years before that, so I joined staff nice. from being an attendee. So, And I get to do all, you know, working with our global and local partners and outreach and thinking about how we can live, pray, invest, invite. Makes sense that you talked about, you know, inviting. Right, it's really on point for the roles. <laughs> it's kind of your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I do like young adults <clears throat> with my husband Noah, and then I also do all of our access and inclusion and stuff for the deaf community. So I've been doing that on staff since August okay. of last year, but came to Northridge in 2015. So nice. I was, yeah, I don't know, was that five, six nice. years? I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> Is Northridge where you and Noah met? No, oh, actually, okay. that's, yeah, no, we did not meet at Northridge. Somehow, some way, I was at the Rochester campus when he was in... Greece, maybe. Okay. Something like that. And then I went to Henrietta with the launch and then he moved to Webster. And so we just like never oh, met. Oh wow. Never oh, wow. met. And then met through mutual friends my senior year of college. Yeah. Look at yeah. what if you if you're a young adult out there not attending in my <laughs> <laughs> There's a plug. Yeah, right. There you so, go. Yeah. And so um all right guys. So we opened the sermon. You talked about a piece of your sermon at the end, what you love to talk about, mm-hmm. things you love. So I felt no better way to open up a podcast than share one thing or two things, max of two, that you love to talk about. And Josh, for you, I'm going to tailor this question slightly different. You have to take one of the things that you did and expand a little bit on it. Okay. You shared with mm-hmm. us about your sauces or your peppers, yep. uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, your car. Yep, yep. you, you got to pick one of them and expand. And open up a little bit. And yeah. Marvel Universe. Yeah, that's the How one I'm going to land on. How much money you spend on Disney The Marvel Plus. Cinematic Good Universe. Choice. Thankfully, <laughs> I made the joke, like, just take all my money. Disney yeah. Plus is the same price every month. So it's yeah, not yeah. a massive dent in our budget. Well, but. What I assumed was every time they release it and you can do the the premium access. Oh, you sure. guys take advantage of that? Sometimes we do. Yeah. Okay. We'll pay, we'll pay for the, the first show, like when it's available for a couple months while it's in theaters. Oh yeah. We've done that a few times. I've not, yeah. I've not done that. Rena's like, Oh, let's watch that. I'm like, we will a couple months. From in, in three months we'll when wait. it's available. Yeah. <laughs> we can wait. <laughs> yeah. For me, the Marvel, the Marvel movies, um, super nerd moment, but those movies have become a rumor machine. So anytime a new movie or a new show, yeah. show is coming out, right. They release some kind of trailer with all these little hints. And then the internet explodes with like which characters are going to show up and what's going to be the major plot point. The Spider-Man movie in the in the fall is a great example of that. And so 
anytime we see one of those coming, I'm deep in that rumor mill until the movie <laughs> goes and Marvel movies, we do everything we can to see those ones in theaters. We're not big theater going movie watchers, yeah. but we try to see those ones in the theaters when we can. So yeah. we'll pay for like the Star Wars ones or other ones on Disney Plus, but I like to see the Marvel movies in theater. So nice. Stick That's around through the credits and everything. Yeah, because you know? they always have, always they, have they, they usually at least have something at yep. the very end the of the credits scene. roll. All right, funny, funny side story about Marvel. I, I enjoy it. I'm not like deep in the rabbit hole okay but i've watched we've watched all the movies and everything um we were over at a friend's house their four-year-old was like we were like battling together and we were supposed to be marvel characters and he was spider-man okay and he called me he named me deemed me thanos okay okay and i was like i got you bro oh no (laughs) (laughs) and he goes wait what i'm like you lose (laughs) you lose had he seen it? Like sometimes the kids do things and they've never seen the they, actual I don't movies. Think they don't feel seen the weight it. of that. And he yeah. deemed me the evil villain. I'm like, I win. Like <laughs> you go away. <laughs> so, but that's uh, in here. There. All right, I'll answer mine and then I'll let Paige go. So, I think two things that I love talking about is books and coffee. Like I'm always reading, and uh, because of my barber, he got me hooked on this. Um, coffee subscription called Mm -hmm. drink trade if you're out there so you get like a and i'm like super crazy uh in the sense of flavor notes and styles i get something (laughs) extremely different every two weeks so every two weeks i get like this wild bougie coffee and my wife sometimes loves it sometimes hates it sometimes she's like just make the folders and i'm like you (laughs) disgust (laughs) (laughs) like and uh and so i love talking about all the different kinds of coffee um that i get and books i'm always you know always reading a new book a new author and so those are the two things that i really enjoy talking about i always always feel bad because i i feel like for me i buy expensive coffee because it supports a good cause but Mm -hmm. i'm all about just it's bitter bean water i don't even Uh, care like it's all the same to me 7-eleven diner and bougie coffee is all what's really cool about drink trade is they they're always like they're like fair trade like work environment and you know the coffee industry is kind of one of the top ranking you know unfair work yeah, environments yep, yep. and so and they tell you how and who it was processed by a lot of times yep. you get like this you get this piece of paper that tells you exactly what they did yeah, to get yeah, the yeah. coffee um of flavor notes and the temperature they were every everything and it's like a ton of details and i'm like i'm really it's not sure much. what this means but this it's is really much. cool and i'm like reading it to Rena. she's like do you know what that means i'm like no but listen it listen sounds really listen. nice <laughs> like And so she's neither here nor there. That's kind of like Noah because he, I got him, he really wanted a Chemex for Mm -hmm. Christmas. I was like, okay, like I'll get you a Chemex. Gave him a Chemex, obsessed with it, but makes like uber strong coffee, like Mm -hmm. made it for our community group the first time he got it. And he was like, guys, I got a Chemex and like made it for everyone. And they were like, "Eh, eh." Like, (laughs) way too strong. (laughs) So then one of the people in the group was like, I'm going to come over and teach you how to make coffee in your new Chemex. It's like, okay. Yeah, I figured out, like, I, I was not bougie about coffee until I moved to Rochester, and mm-hmm. then I slowly, it, it was a quick transition, yeah, but yeah. it was it was, it was was fast, and, like, the people were like, you got to get a scale, you got to yep. get a whole bean, you got to yep. get a grinder, then it's, I'm like, man, my mm-hmm. coffee game went from a Keurig to, like, now we have, like, coffee materials. Mm-hmm. So much work. <laughs> Takes up the whole counter. Yes. <laughs> Rena's like, can you make coffee? I'm like, yes, give me one hour. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> But yeah. All right, Paige, what's something that you love talking about? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of my job, but it's my job because I'm passionate about it. It's just like the deaf community in general. Um, so when I was in seventh grade, I kind of took this small like ASL class at a hearing impaired center and 
just like fell in love with it because there was a deaf person who came as a guest speaker for us. And she was talking about how there's like not enough interpreters and all that kind of thing. Mm. And my dad was a police officer growing up. So I was like, that's not right. I'm going to change the world. Like <laughs> I will provide access. So, um, but it's been this journey of just like, wow, I'm so passionate about it. Like I am an introvert and usually I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. But if you, it comes up, I will talk your off for at least mm. 30 minutes. So <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, so share just a brief, like a few stats about the deaf community in our area that a lot of, some people may not be aware of. Totally, yeah. So there's, the current estimation is that there's 90,000 in the Rochester area. So if you remember, this was a while back, but we had prayed for like the 755 of Rochester, mm-hmm. 755,000 people in Rochester yeah. who don't know. Um, so 90,000 of them are deaf mm-hmm. and hard of hearing people and less than 2% of them have ever been exposed to the gospel. That's mm. not even just like, I heard it and don't care. It's like, I've never even heard it. Mm. So it's a pretty crazy statistic. But yeah. And a lot of that is just language barrier, mm-hmm. like lack yeah. of access, and it's a lot of work to reach people that are different from us. So For yeah. sure. All right, we're, we're going to dive into that topic a little bit more in this conversation, but you gave us a sermon this past Sunday, Josh. Can you give us the brief 60-second recap of that. Yes. No pressure. No, no pressure. I got a timer right here. <laughs> yeah, so. okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, really, the idea was we need to be making time and space for people who are not like us. It's a perfect segue from, from talking about um, the deaf and hard of hearing community, but I, I reminded us of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, mm-hmm. and of Acts 1-8, our challenge to be witnesses to what God has done in history yeah. and in our lives, and then walked through four areas where I think we can stretch to save a seat for other people. So that's yeah. saving a seat at our table, like in our physical lives, um, saving a seat in the conversation, listening to the people that we're trying to reach and really understand where they're coming from, um, save a seat in our hearts. Do we love the people that we're trying to reach? And then save a seat in our church or in our community. What mm. what will it take to welcome people who are not like us into what God is doing at church and in yeah. our lives, you know, more deeply? And then went from there to, to help us think about, hey, like we talked about here in this icebreaker, when we love something, we talk about it. And yeah. so what easier way to share our faith than to stop thinking about it as a, a formula or all these mm. things I have to know to share, but instead say, this is something that's changed me and something I love, yeah. and I want to share that and see it change someone else. And yeah. then thinking about all the habits of change as tools to equip us to invite others to the change that comes from knowing Jesus, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. good. So let's talk about what are some of the barriers. You you gave a great, like really inspiring sermon on Sunday of like, I want to go do this, mm-hmm. you know, in all these avenues of like, how can we do this, this, and this? But when it gets to the practical side, what are some of the barriers, and both of you jump in, either one of you, that keep people from sharing their faith? Yeah, I, I think the most common one that I think a lot of people resonate with is just a lack of contact or proximity. I don't, I, I literally don't make time for people who aren't like me. It's, it's just easiest to be in relationship with people that totally yeah. agree with me. You find those immediate connects with people so quickly. So how do we just make time in our lives? We're, we're too busy with good mm-hmm. things, but how do we make time for the best things, which includes the Great Commission, right? And so um, what would it look like to rearrange our schedules a little bit, create some time in our schedules to spend time with our neighbors, to meet our classmates, mm-hmm. to, to I'd rather sit at home and do this or rather be around these people, but maybe I need to just stretch and go spend time in spaces that I'm not used to spending time in. So I think busyness and proximity are the main thing a lot of people face, especially coming out of seasons of isolation like the one we've been in, right? So 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you think that in in light of it, for some people, uh, it could be business, but for others, it could be just shifting a focus in inside of the things they're already doing? You know, because I think some people could hear sermons like, business that that I gave or you know about like oh you're spending way too much time at the you know soccer complex or whatever the case may be but instead of thinking oh I need to get out of that context in order to rest or in order to share my faith of saying like no like as you go to those places I think you're one of the best people that does these things of like every every opportunity is an opportunity every every slot in my calendar is an opportunity to you know share share my faith of having that lens and especially thinking about the 755,000, the chances are there's at least one, if not, there's probably only one Christian there (laughs) with you. Um, but like to share your faith inside of that and how does one approach it like that without being like the weird, obnoxious Christian that just like presents the Roman road, you know, bookmark. Yeah, I I would say that um, we all have things, we've talked about it again and again, even here, we have things we're passionate about, we don't have to find the Christian versions of those, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if I care about Marvel movies, I don't have to find some Christian Marvel movie watching group to participate in, (laughs) bring that passion or bring that excitement out. If you're into coffee, find coffee groups where you can share the love of coffee. That's not a good or bad thing. It's neutral. God made coffee. It's a good thing. Like, it exists, and it's something to be enjoyed. So what's wrong with going out and enjoying something good in the community with other people who love it, even if they don't share our faith? So finding that common ground and chasing those passions with other people is a great starting place. And then over time, you become a normal person. You're a person that enjoys mm-hmm. coffee. You didn't lead with, I'm this Christian, I've got an agenda for you. No, I led with, we both love coffee, and that's great. I can be your friend. Mm-hmm. I can enjoy your company over coffee or over Marvel movies or or anything else, right? Start with the shared passion, and then hopefully as you build relationship, you get to know each other more deeply, and then it becomes natural to talk about your faith, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why not just, like, street preach or sidewalk evangelize? <laughs> like, no, no. Why not, like, <laughs> hey, I got something that you need to hear, you know, track, bookmark. Why is that? Is that negative? We should, yes, should we never negative. do that? <laughs> is there appropriate space for that? Like... Yeah, I, think, I, I don't know. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think like part of that is like we're commanded to like love God, right? And then love other people. And I don't know that I know anyone that perceives that as love. Like mm-hmm. who perceives like someone yelling at you on a street corner as loving? Like mm-hmm. it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So I think like that would be why I would say no to that. <laughs> I don't, I maybe you totally could like with God, all things are possible. No, I don't know. But like, I think I've never seen it done well. I've never seen someone preach it kind of goes back to your point about leaving a seat in the conversation mm-hmm. like that's a very one-way directional towards someone and not like hey I'd love to know like your experience and like I'd love to know like what do you think because you're an intelligent human too mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would love to know what you think so I think like it has to be done whatever approach you take it has to be done with love and with kindness like first mm-hmm. and foremost absolutely and I I would add even that um, I, I think there are opportunities God puts in our life to to engage in religious or spiritual conversations without relationship. But those are mm-hmm. kind of providential moments God puts mm-hmm. in front of us. Like, my, was, you stole my next question. Yeah. Like, what, what do you do? <laughs> I, we've, we've probably, if you're a believer, or maybe this is just me, I'm, I'll, I'll, just, I'll start there. I've, like, I've had those moments where it's like, 
the, the tugging of the Holy Spirit yeah. saying, you mm. need to say something mm. to this person. And usually it's like a drive-by moment in yeah, the yeah, sense yeah. of like, I have like 20 seconds probably yep. Yep. whether they're going to be, go- they're going somewhere or I'm in a line and I'm mm-hmm. like talking to the barista or like, and it's just like, God's like, you need to say something. Yeah, what yeah. does being faithful to the moving of the Holy Spirit in my life in that moment look like if I'm trying to still be kind but help them take mm-hmm. or consider taking next steps yeah. in their spiritual walk? Yeah, I mean, I've had moments like that hit me the most, like when I'm flying somewhere, like on an airplane, you're stuck oh, with yeah. someone like, for three go. hours I got three hours. Yeah, so um, when those moments come up, uh, kind of like what Paige was, was talking about, uh, you need to hear what is really what's really going on in that person's life, even if it's just a couple minutes, you can find a relational connect. When you're when you're street preaching, nine times out of 10, in my experience with someone who's um, thinking street preaching is the way to go, they're thinking that the main thing someone is concerned about is their eternal destination. And sure, mm-hmm. that might be the question some people are facing, yeah. but that might not be the most relevant thing in someone's mind. Maybe someone else, it's their struggle with anxiety or the stress they feel over parenting. Or mm-hmm. maybe they've had a recent loss of a loved one and they're not concerned about their own eternity. They're they're struggling with where do I go from here, right? So mm-hmm. when you address one question over and over again that nobody's asking, then you seem irrelevant. If mm-hmm. only thing I care about um, is you and your eternal destination. But if that person doesn't care where they're headed or that's not the main question, that you're not bringing the gospel to the things they're facing. So when when you have those providential moments, especially where there's a tug in the Holy Spirit, usually that's because you're seeing something in that situation. You're seeing somebody's response to something, or you're seeing somebody facing something or running into something. And in a, in a moment, you have a moment of, of compassion and empathy, and then you're bringing hope and encouragement. You're bringing a loving word, and you know, you're lifting mm-hmm. them up. But because you're you're watching or hearing something they're experiencing in that moment, it's yeah. that empathy that really says, "I have the gospel, which is this life changing message, and I see the thing in your life that the gospel does address." And let me mm. let me bridge that for you for just a moment in whatever time I have. That's that's what I think it is. You seeing something, mm-hmm. and that that empathy drives us to say the gospel does speak to that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, w- I would even I would even add like. The, the point of the Great Commission isn't go and make converts, you know, it's like, because if that was the goal, then we would, we would kick empathy to the curve, we would kick right. compassion to the curve of like, the goal of me being a faithful, you know, follower of Jesus, convert of Jesus, is I got to go tell as many people as possible, because mm-hmm. my responsibility is just, I got to go share, mm-hmm. I need to go walk out with tracks, I need like, just street preach. I just need to get as many people to hear the message and then whatever sticks, you know, it's mm-hmm. like throwing wet spaghetti against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Whatever sticks, sticks. Like it's like <laughs> it makes a mess. The one yeah. string. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, whatever sticks, sticks. But like the point of being a follower of Jesus is Jesus said, go and make disciples. And to quote like Dallas Willard, the biggest problem in a lot of America is we have a lot of undiscipled disciples right. who mm-hmm. claim to be followers of Jesus, but they don't know what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus. And so mm-hmm. is is there in a conversation, and either one of you can jump in, is there like a magic formula or is there like, okay, this is what needs to be shared to, to say like, I actually shared my faith. The, the, this is addressing the question of, Okay, what what do I need to know in order to share my faith? I think you need to know that, and I don't even fully grasp this, that I do not do the work of life change or like heart change, but it is God, which is why 
I think like when I first became a Christian, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to share this with everyone, which is true. And I still feel that way. But at the same time, I like tried to like say it in the right way and like, okay, time it. Like, okay, I've been friends with them for three months now, maybe one more month and then they'll be ready. <laughs> like just like trying to yeah. like feel it out. But I think the reality is like, there's a reason why we say pray, invest, invite. And we start with prayer. Like, I think that mm. prayer mm. is like the heart of it. It's just like when we're praying, like God works through us. And like, oftentimes we don't realize how it's working, but you'll look back and see it. Or sometimes you won't. And that's okay too. But I think the anxiety or the fear of like, oh, like, and I see it in the deaf community too of like, oh, they're different than me. I don't know what to say like, <laughs> or how to say it. It's just like, it comes back to like self-reliance where it's like, oh, I need to rely on me instead mm -hmm. of being like, okay, like this person doesn't know God. Like that's so sad. Like, mm -hmm. wow. So much I've experienced from the gospel. I have to tell them, mm -hmm. yeah. but wow, God is the one who opened my eyes to that. I'm not going to open their eyes, but God calls me to love. So mm -hmm. I will love, period. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like where it starts. There's no magic formula that we hold. It's definitely like prayer is our tool towards seeing life change, I think. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah, and I, I think of um, Paul's conversation with the people in Athens um, in the book of Acts, and one of the driving points of conversation there was he, he kind of challenged the crowd, hey, I see that you're very religious. You're, you're mm -hmm. groping in the dark is the language he uses. You're looking for something. You even have this altar to an unknown God. There, you, You're looking <laughs> for yeah. something. Just in case we haven't figured out what we're looking for, here's an altar to an unknown God. I think people are looking for something. They're looking for yeah. purpose. They're looking for something in life. And um, you're trying to remind them or, or let them know that the painter is not in the painting. God mm -hmm. is separate from everything yeah. we see. There is a God that made everything and he's not in it. He's not a part of it. He's separate from it. And um, we can't do it. Like you said, it's mm -hmm. not, it, we can't do it. There's nothing I can do. It's, it's not about me. Um, I think everyone kind of realizes there's no such thing as a perfect person. We all can yeah. admit that. And when yeah. we put language to it, I don't just make mistakes, but sometimes I sin. Like mm -hmm. yeah. there's a stronger word than I just make mistakes. Mm -hmm. yeah. We recognize our sin. We realize God's outside the painting and offers a solution. And that solution was in Jesus. And mm -hmm. then, hey, wouldn't it be really freeing to let go of all of that and mm -hmm. just say, hey, God, I'm going to trust that what you did was enough. That yeah. I think that's the basic message of the gospel. And when we invite people to that, it, it ought to be freeing. The yoke yeah. is easy. The burden is light. It yeah. ought to be surprisingly freeing yeah. for people who accept it. And it doesn't have to be a lot more complicated than, you know, profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus mm. died and that he can be the leader of my life. And that's a good thing and an easy thing, yeah. surprisingly, right? Yeah, two so. things that I want to jump in in that conversation. One thing is, Paige, that you shared of like knowing that God is the one who does the life change mm -hmm. in people's lives. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the most beautiful yet twisted beliefs in theology because it's like some people will take that of like, oh, well, God's the one that does it. Mm -hmm. I'm free. I'm good. I don't, back seat. <laughs> I don't need to do anything. I'm going to take a back seat to this. But that's not the case at all. It's like mm -hmm. we, we take a front seat in joining God wherever he's mm -hmm. at work. And we, you know, it's a privilege and the opportunity that God says, I want to use you mm -hmm. in partnership with my spirit moving at work. And so, um, you know, taking a front seat in prayer, taking a front seat in like being attuned to the Holy Spirit, you know, mm -hmm. like thinking about how attuned Jesus was all throughout the gospels of like picking, oh, heal this person, mm -hmm. but I'm not doing mm -hmm. this, you know, not this person, because mm -hmm. every time he's like, your faith has made you well. Like he, he was able to 
being God in the flesh since like where people were trusting in him mm-hmm. and not just wanting a quick fix, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah, that regard. Yeah. And he could see that because he, he was God as he walked on this earth, but he was so attuned to God's presence that at being God in the flesh that he was able to discern like, okay, this one, but not that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, how, how, how am I supposed to know that? It's like the mm-hmm. closer we are walking with God in prayer and doing these things, that's that's how we navigate. And then one resource, and not just not even I don't even want to present this resource as like this is the method that sure, you should sure. use. But um, <laughs> one thing that I found super helpful, like the Romans Road and the, those kind of things, it's like let me give you five Bible verses and tell yeah, you yeah. why you're broken, and then you need these Bible verses. Not not that at all. But um, I don't know if you've ever heard the Life Conversations. Um, it's plan. It's called Three Circles. Is another okay, slang, okay, like yeah. I think slang or, or shorthand that's used. Um, and it essentially, it literally has three circles. And this method is, I, I love it when you're versed in it because when you sense the ache in someone, mm-hmm. like where they're pointing out in this, there it's three circles. It's God's plan, brokenness, gospel. So, and then mm-hmm. from that, the three circles connect. We, from God's plan, we left God's plan, we sinned in our brokenness, and there's all these little squiggly lines off in your brokenness. <clears throat> and so it's like, the in presenting, it's like, this is you in all your attempts to fix this problem, yeah, sure. but they're all just leading you further and further away from God's original plan. But what God did is he provided good news, and the good news is this, mm-hmm. that, you know, and then that's where you share about Jesus, of, of what how he's changed your life. And then what we do is we repent and believe. We turn from our brokenness and believe the gospel. And then from there, though, we recover and pursue God's plan. Mm-hmm. We we then we start getting discipled and learn more. But you're living in this. We we're all we at one point we're living in our brokenness. And but it just naturally flows in genuine conversation. And when you're in relationship with people and they're sharing about like their ninth, you know, breakup, you know, or what, mm-hmm. or whatever the case would be, like mm-hmm. their money troubles again, or whatever the case of mm-hmm. it's like, hey, can I share something? You know, it's like, and then it's as you're in com- life, life with people, it just, it flows better. And obviously the best news is sharing the good news. Mm-hmm. And so um, tools are just tools. I think, yeah. yep. I think last year we did when our campus pastor shared the Pi Squared series, I think Nate Miller, he preached a good message like, oh, here's the bridge. Here's yeah, the, right, right. you know, man, mankind and, and people have all through the centuries tried to be like, oh, here's a method. Here's a method. Yeah, They're all just yeah, methods yeah. trying to lead us to the ultimate, you know, plan, which is, you know, belief and repentance, you know, in Jesus, in the gospel, mm-hmm. um, while the Holy Spirit is moving and at work in our lives and hearts. And so, yeah. Well, the message never changes. Yeah. Those tools really are yeah. just They're tools. points of clarity. Where mm-hmm. can I meet my culture today mm-hmm. and say, here's a way yeah. to understand what we know to be the best news, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so. absolutely. Well, in the this last half of the show, or whatever you want to call this, this episode, I want to talk about the people on the other side. The people. So we've talked about some barriers that we have. Um, and, you know, there are some easy ways at Northridge that if you feel like information or content is what you're lacking is you this this podcast, Sunday morning sermons, your community group. We have Starting Point as a great resource, Equip Classes. Um, you know, and a part of all these things, there's usually recommendations of like further study and books that you could pick up that by trusted authors, there's the equip email every week. Like there are so many avenues of resourcing. Like if you're thinking content or knowledge Mm -hmm. is your, is your barrier, we would probably say that for most people it's not, it's, it's like, 
your obedience and just being in a relationship with people and then share your own personal experience. I remember I took apologetics class and the opening question on the first quiz is how many people in the world is apologetics necessary for? And there's like all these percentages like to come to faith, like how, what was, how many was apologetics? And it was like 90%, 50%, 30%, like 17%. And I was like 90, 90. And it was wrong. It was 17%. (laughs) Like I remember it was like, like most people in the world, like less than 20% actually need, Mm -hmm. you know, apologetics or like defense of the faith of it being plausible, Mm -hmm. you know, thought wise to actually come to faith. It's seeing someone being changed or Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. personal experience of the gospel that, you know, mm-hmm. catalyzes them. And it's not saying that apologetics isn't good on the back end, but to, on the having it on the front end most of the time isn't even necessary, but it's still good, it's still good, you know, um, yeah. inside of that. So let's talk about the people, the people that are different from us. Why, why, oh, why is this a barrier? Why is apologetics a barrier? No, why, is pe- why, why is... are people the barrier? Okay. Why, why are the very oh, thing that we... That actually is the yeah. end of the means, yep, yep. the barrier, most of the time. You know, most of the time the barrier isn't even, okay, I can get business, I can make space in my calendar. Now it's like actually filling that seat when there's yeah. people everywhere. But in fact, I would say this is the largest barrier yeah, yeah, yeah. is actually the people that you're wanting to fill the seat with. You can do these methods, you can be so well-versed, but then you can still not successfully or, you know, actively go and share your faith because you're afraid of the people. Mm-hmm. Why, why are they the barrier and um, how can we overcome that? What some steps we can take? I think it's uncomfortable. And even though Jesus like explicitly says that in this world, like you will not be comfortable, like you'll have trouble. We still expect to be comfortable, I think at the same time. Um, so even with like the deaf community, right? That's like my passion a lot of people struggle. They just feel, I saw this with my sisters growing up all the time. I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is a deaf person. Run over to them and be like, hi, like using my sign language. And they would be like, like I'm so uncomfortable, (laughs) like like dying and like totally forgot everything that they knew when they were asked, like, how are you? They're like, I don't know. Um, But I think the reality of that is just like, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think it will always be uncomfortable. And if we wait for it to stop being uncomfortable, it'll never happen. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it is just the comfort. And then also people that are different from you will challenge you. They mm-hmm. absolutely will. You will think differently after you hang out with them and after you talk to them. And um, that can be scary because when we're left to ourselves with people that are the same as us, it's an echo chamber. And it's like, yes, I'm being affirmed all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is truth. This is right. Mm-hmm. And then when you meet someone that's different than you, it's kind of like, wait a second. I haven't really thought about that before. That's a little uncomfortable. I thought I had thought through everything. And I think that can be scary because Mm. people can be afraid of, well, what if they ask me this about Mm -hmm. my faith and I don't know Mm -hmm. the answer? Or what if they ask me this and then it starts me down like a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. of like, do I really do I really believe this? And so I think these can be pieces that are just scary. I think the reality is that we're fearful and we want people to like us and we want to get along and like sing Kumbaya. But we're all different and we have that broken circle that... Mm -hmm influences everything and so it can just be really unsettling for people Mm -hmm. but pressing into like jesus clearly sat with people that were Mm -hmm. different from him and was fine and came out the other side for us and lived a perfect life and like with god like we can do you know be able to sit through that and not feel like oh my gosh this is ruining me Mm -hmm. like no like we are called to be light and so i think that's like 
two pieces of the uncomfortability of it and then the challenge that comes from people that are different from us and how do you kind of just like like go for it yeah so So Paige give us two or three tips if if we're trying to engage you know like our deaf and hard of hearing community is are really growing Mm -hmm. at Northridge like in our building which is Mm -hmm. amazing but Mm -hmm. say we're out in public and we want to or even at church and we're trying to engage someone and Mm -hmm. we don't know you know the language of American Sign Language like what do we do like do we just be like well I can't Mm -hmm. I can't engage that person Mm -hmm. because I don't even I can't communicate with them like Mm -hmm. what are some easy right I think one thing to think about is language isn't just language language is body language too like Mm -hmm. it's Smiling and waving is the common currency of the world. (laughs) And I think that we do that in the grocery store. Like you accidentally like, like you almost hit someone with your cart and you're like, oh, like you smile and wave and it's fine. And I think we just forget that. Do people smile and wave? I don't know if I've Yeah, they do. (laughs) Down, power through. Uh, (laughs) Down, power through. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like they're normal people Mm -hmm. just like us. Like Mm -hmm. there's diversity within the deaf community. There's diversity in like hearing communities. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, there will always be people that are different. But I think if we just go back to the one thing Jesus asked for us, right? Love God, love other people. Loving people is as simple as smiling and waving or like you've seen them before and they know that you've seen each other before. You give them a high five or like you give them a hug, whatever it is. Like body language communicates so much to people just in how you present yourself to them. And that's huge. And I think Mm. if you're like, that's great, but I would love to like know your name. Like Mm. I would love to know something more like whip out your phone, just like type like, Hey, like I'd love to know your name and show it to them. And they'll be like, Oh, and then they'll like type back on their phone or grab a piece of paper and write it back and forth or, you know, whatever there's, they still know English. They function in our world. And yeah. I think we forget that like, oh, like I'm so uncomfortable. Like they are uncomfortable every day of their life. And they are constantly reaching across to people like mm. us, constantly reaching across. And so one small gesture of just like, hey, I'd love to try, but I don't really know, go, like does wonders for them. Because it's yeah. like, okay, they recognize that like there is a barrier here and I'm not just like always fighting hmm. to yeah, reach Yeah, across. how encouraging is it, it you know, yeah. in, a, in a hearing first kind of world mm-hmm. for if they're bridging the gap all the time just to engage, how much yes. of a difference does it make for us to take baby steps to pull out my phone mm-hmm. and a notepad app yeah. and, and make yep. a message? You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a connect there that otherwise wouldn't have happened, yeah. right? right? I would imagine that's encouraging right. to have a bridge. Yeah built right there in the middle of the world right Mm -hmm. so it's even the small mm. thing of like we feel great when someone acknowledges something that we've done or something that we've worked really hard on like worked really hard and set up this event right and then someone comes over and he's like oh Mm. my gosh I love the tablecloth and you're like oh oh, it was worth it like (laughs) it's kind of the same way of like I'm reaching 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 and no one is recognizing Mm. that I'm here like no one acknowledges that I'm here and then if someone is just like hey I see that you're here it's like oh it was worth it like it's worth Mm. trying and so I think we just as Christians need to be more aware as far as like who are the people around us that are trying to bridge mm-hmm. a gap. Like they acknowledge there's a gap too. It's not like, oh no, there's no gap. Come over here. Like mm-hmm. they know there's a gap. And so mm-hmm. how can we be the one who's constantly reaching? Because that's what Jesus did. Like he yeah. reaches for us. So we should be reaching for other people. That's good. Yeah. I, I, what this brings up to me and 
to answer the question from earlier about the barriers with people, mm-hmm. I think the common thing I keep hearing is is language. Mm-hmm. It could be literally language. Mm-hmm. I don't know ASL or I don't know Spanish yeah. or whatever language yeah. is a barrier, but also just the language of our culture, the language mm-hmm. of our circles. If you spend all of your time isolated in Christian bubbles, you have a way of talking about the world that is just yeah. alien to people. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. You know, even something as silly as, you know, my jokes about Star Wars or Marvel Universe or whatever, these little things where we engage in beautiful things Mm -hmm. that culture makes without making everything about culture evil, Mm -hmm. there are beautiful things. People are still made in the image of God and they Mm -hmm. still create good and fun things that we enjoy. When we take a little bit of time to engage in the language of our culture, Mm -hmm. to know what people are talking about, um, if you run into someone and you're connecting with someone, to be able to speak a shared language with them, to understand maybe mental health health struggles Mm -hmm. or addiction struggles or Mm -hmm. loneliness or to be able to talk about parenting or to talk Mm -hmm. about marriage in terms Mm -hmm. that aren't just Christian bubble terms, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that empathy of being able to meet them where they are instead of always saying, I've got something you need and you need to come over here and hear it my way. Right. right? It's a, it's kind of a lost art sometimes for Christians to spend time understanding what other people are really saying. And I, when we speak the language that other people are speaking, whether it's ASL literally, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just what people are facing, I think that makes all the difference in that relationship. It makes it less uncomfortable because Mm we, we have that common ground, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So to end the episode, I would love for each of you to give one or two um, just practical things of <clears throat> how can we reach? What what are one or two practical, like getting us out of our bubble on a regular basis if we said, hey, I want to do this one thing every day or every week that would move us in the way of Jesus um, to take a next step, uh, to to be the the ones that are pursuing those relationships that maybe look like us, sound like different, or don't look like us, don't sound like us, mm-hmm. don't act like us. Um, how can we be the, the reachers, if you want to say that? Yeah. I think the two things I would say would be, first, pray. Like, I already said it, and it sounds simple, and it sounds cliche, but it's like the reality of it. God changes our hearts to be more compassionate towards people that are different from us mm-hmm. and to open our eyes to the people that are like, right there that we have just overlooked because of, for whatever reason, we're focused on other things. Um, So I think if you're committing to a daily habit, a practice of prayer, as far as, even if it's start with one person, one person that you're aware of, and then pray, God, like, I'm aware of this person, like, provide opportunities for me to, like, use me in their life, but then also, God, help me be aware of people around me that are different than me that I'm just not seeing. Mm. Um, I think that would be where I would start. And then second, shameless plug, you should come to my class. (laughs) I'm teaching an equip class starting March 13th. It's a three-week course that's called Loving Your Deaf Neighbor, but essentially we'll be unpacking and really dialoguing about what does it look like to love people that are different from us? Mm. And just like no question is off the table. Mm. Like let's just talk through all of the fears, the things you're afraid to say, the things you're afraid to ask, like Mm. the things that you're like, I just don't know about this or I just can't get past this. Yeah. Let's talk about it, and then we'll give you like practical things, like how do you engage with people that are different than you? That's awesome. That's Josh. Um, I I would say find some piece of culture or something you love, and and find a way to engage with that outside of your Christian circle. Like, I yeah. keep coming back to that idea. 
we've all got things we love. We're not all spending 24-7 reading and meditating like monks in really? the corner. Right? You don't I think mean, so? Daniel yeah. excluded. <laughs> Everyone else is not doing that. I'm so definitely you, not. <laughs> you have things you enjoy. Find a way to connect with other people over that. So mm. simple examples are things like, you know, if you're a parent, if your kid has a sporting event or an activity, yeah. meeting other parents is the easiest. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be hard to say hi, but once you get past that barrier, um, Start that's with smile the easiest. And wave. Yeah, smile, smile and wave. Away, boys. Um, smile commiserate away. Commiserate over the terrible refs in the game and how mm-hmm. they made a bad call. You know, whatever it is, but start to build connections yeah. in spaces over things you love or are a part yeah. of already. And I mm-hmm. think doing, instead of going to an event and looking for the other person you know that attends Northridge and only hang mm-hmm. out with them, mm-hmm. Connect with the other people. Or yeah. if you've got a hobby, an activity, an interest, um, there's stuff happening all the time. Look out there and find yeah. groups that are connected to the things you're passionate about and start to build those invest relationships. Don't get to invite yet. Don't stress mm-hmm. over exactly what you have to say to invite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Build a relationship where invite becomes supernatural because you're connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I love that. I love that. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of A Little Better. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Remember the action step of Paige giving us uh, that you can take um, love your deaf neighbor. Is that right? Did I say that correctly? Starting March 13th, three-week equip class. Uh, You can find out more details on that in the show notes. Until next time, we'll see you then.